0: So I want you to turn with me quickly to 1 Kings chapter 17. We're going to talk from there tonight, and just chat a little bit. It's good to have you guys here tonight. If you didn't come, it'd be just me and the band. And maybe a few volunteers that were standing at the door all the time. Uh, So it's good to have you guys here on a Sunday night. Uh, I want to just, and what I'm going to share tonight, um, and what we're talking about there's definitely something happening in the earth right now it's definitely something happening in churches right now there's something happening all around us now and it's not just covid uh, i was listening to the radio driving back this afternoon from Almsbury, and and um, a dj was saying there's a new normal how many of us have heard that just for interest, do you know what was the most sold thing during the lockdown that's what everybody said, but it's not. You'll be surprised. I thought also toilet paper uh, and a few other stuff. Come on, like one guy said pasta, those said toilet paper, and some people, pineapple and yeast and sugar. <laughs> people wanted to make their own beer. No, that's not it. Do you know what was the most sold thing of everything? Vacuum cleaners. I promise you, I'm telling you no lies. Vacuum cleaners was the most sold thing. (laughs) I have no idea. Maybe people realized how dirty their homes were. And they went, bought a vacuum cleaner, and they just vacuumed their homes. It was the most sold thing in South Africa during lockdown. But they would use the vacuum cleaner. Do you realize that? Hey, choy, 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 choy. So it's interesting. Vacuum cleaners were the most sold thing during lockdown. They got nothing to do with the sermon. I just thought I had to share that because it was, it was just so freaking interesting. Stoffseier. Hiernder. By a I think that was the number one. And then games and other stuff and computers were the other stuff that we all knew probably, right? But she's talking about the new normal. And when we say that things have changed, we're not talking about COVID when I'm saying that. I'm saying that from the point of view of what's happening spiritually. There's something spiritually happening around us, something in nature, something in life, something that's happening around us that's different. Even you are different. And that's not just because of lockdown. We can say that and we, say, and we can feel that uh, or we can attribute some of the stuff to that, um, like, for instance, today I was with um, Fana and Ann in Malmesbury. And Nunu, can I ask you if you can get me a bottle of water, please? Thanks, buddy, in the fridge. If it's, I forgot to get. And um, their little grandson, um, we were playing uh, at the table and making jokes about trick and a, a bunch of stuff, just having a lot of fun, me and the two kids. And at the end, when he said goodbye, he's like, bye-bye. And his father was saying that this, the kids nowadays have no idea what it is to shake a hand. They don't know that, because all they know is, bye-bye, thank you, thank you, no, I'm just joking, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, um, is that they don't know what it is to interact, they don't know. So, yes, there's some of that that's changed, some of the way we, how we do things, where we, how we go to a restaurant, how we live life, our masks, wearing a mask, not wearing a mask. Somebody was saying the other day. I read a comment about when you, the people, as they walk out of the shop, they take it off, like as if they are in Grey's Anatomy and they've just had a great operation. they have just like, ruck it off, like yes, like they've just done the great, like they're a doctor who's just come out of theatre and they sew. Like it was a meme about that, and it was just ripping off the mask. That's not what I'm just what I'm talking about today. I'm not talking about that. Things that have changed. Something's changing something significant about the fact that you're in church tonight church is changing life is changing there's something happening that god's busy doing and i want to chat a little bit about that tonight you know we cannot stay the same you can't be in diapers still you know it's not natural in the natural you can't a dookie certainly it can stink Smelly. It's not right. You, the, adult di- diapers are for, for people that are sick. <laughs> anyway, I, apparently, I don't know why I'm on these random facts tonight, but apparently if you're in Times Square on New Year's Eve, there are so many people that people actually wear adult diapers um, because they cannot get to the toilet. Oh. So if you want to see that you stand there in your diaper. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Times Square, but when I heard that, I'm like i ain't going (laughs) there is no way i'm standing with a diaper in my life there's no chance okay reason come on you're not made to have a diaper on right now you've learned how to wipe your own bum you've learned how to go to the toilet you've learned how to be that in the natural but why when it comes to the spirit we want to be the same way as what we used to be we want to worship the same way sing the same songs do the same stuff we we're constantly in the same place when God actually wants us to go further and deeper. I think, Janelle, you ate no enough for it. It's for my like a thousand photos tonight. I'm like, Donkey, just buy a nice video. Love <laughs> Thanks, Janelle. <laughs> no, she's taking a bunch of photos of me, and I'm like, Thanks, Janelle. It was a lot of photos. Thank you. But. And it's good. She does a great job. You've seen her great photos from, for, for Sundays. I mean, we just love her. Thanks, Janelle. Come on, let's just honor her. I think she does a phenomenal job with the photos. Appreciate it. But in the spirit, you can't be the same. If you've been worshiping the same way for the last 10 years, it's time to worship differently. It's time to be different. It's time to grow. It's time to be something. And I remember coming to Bible school. Grow up in ch- I grew up in church, being part, and then the, they get to the class and say, we're not going to play any music. You are going to halal before God. It's a, I think the Hebrew word is to extravagantly uh, express what you like hilariously before God. And I'm like, huh? What, what is that? And they say, no music. You have to go crazy. And I'm like, but, Yesterday, there should be like a l- bit of a vibe and some music playing and, a, and, a, and some lights going. It should be a little darker. And like people can't see you jumping in the dark, it was in the middle uh, of the, a morning session. And the worship leader just said, no music, no nothing. Shout, scream, do something weird. Just don't clap hands. Because the first thing we do when we praise God is, it says, no clapping, expressing express what you feel for god and i'm like (laughs) and she says if i don't see you move i'm going to call you out to the front of the class and then in the front of the class you got to do it in front of everybody so i'm like "Ah, there's no chance i'm standing in front so i've got to do something now and then i start like jumping and like yeah and he's screaming and she says, then i thought like okay it's one minute and she's not stopping and she said and then kind of the class goes and she says excuse me you're worshiping god do more uh, and I, like, the first bit, you're uncomfortable because you're looking at people, and then you stop looking at people, and you start expressing to God. You start doing something that you've never done before because you're used to a certain way. I'm used to going like, Whoo, oh, that's nice, okay. club." And you get all the different, you got all these different charismatic ways of hands. Christian, you know, you got, the, you got the ones that go like this, thank you, Jesus, we're about to receive something. And they're like, oh, hallelujah, I'm not yet ready. Okay, then I, then I kind of give up. Aerobics for Jesus. And then you're like, oh, okay, thank you, Jesus. And then you go, oh. Have you seen all these different ones? The different, the different handshakes, the different ones, the hallelujah, all the different ones. I can feel the water. Thank you, Jesus. I'm giving water out there. Anyway, there's some great memes of, great memes of that. But we do a certain thing over and over again, and we'd never, we never, we never press deeper we never go more we never express more we we're in the same space in the same thing of what we do a certain way we get up a certain time do a certain thing pray a certain way read a certain scripture i'm not just talking about expression towards things i'm talking about where you are as a child of god and we do have days where it's really busy we have days that's really busy do things get there what am I doing that's going to be different than what I'm doing right now in this year, in this moment, in this time, that's different than last year, that's different than the year before, it's different than last week? I'm growing, I'm changing. I, there's something new that God's doing, and I need to hear what He's saying. Now, we all know the parable of the sower. What's the parable of the sower? The sower goes out into the field, and what does He do? He sows seed. He sows seed. So what is, what is seed? It's the Word. So what am I doing tonight? What did Dave do this morning? What did we do last week? We sowed seed. Shoo, 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 seed. You determine what the soil will be like when it's sowed. I don't determine it. God doesn't determine it. The Holy Spirit doesn't determine it. You determine what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now. You are hearing the word right now. And what you are deciding in this moment, whether it be from the worship side, the offering side, the, 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 the sermon side, whatever you're hearing, you determine where that, so- that seed is falling in your life. Whether it's in good soil, whether it's mixed up with cares and burdens of the world, whether you hear it but you don't believe it, whatever it is, you determine. So your purpose before you even get here or before you even get to the word, your intention is getting yourself ready. We get ready for everything, but when we come to church, we just come sit, we're here, and we go. I'm going to say it's none of you, it's everybody that's not here tonight. <laughs> we have so many times, but other stuff, we're ready. Man, you you go to gym, here's a man who, who gyms, pumps irons, there's a there's a whole thing that you do, right? There's some, some drinks you drink before. There's some drinks you drink after. There's some stuff you drink while you're there. There's something you wear that's not a suit, okay? There's every, Everything about that is preparation. I know when I go for a run, I don't just jump up and run in my bare foot down the road. I a no, you go and you put on your shoes, you put on your thing, you go, you drink some water, you get your water, pack my backpack, get stuff on. You go for a, for a bike ride. What do you do? You prepare. You put in. But when it comes to the most important thing in our life, we ain't prepared for it. What's the most important thing is me meeting God, me being in His presence, me experiencing Him. There's something about that, that the intent of that is my preparation of my heart. So when the word is preached, when the seed is falling, seeds fall in, I determine where that seed is going to fall. How ready is my heart for it? What am I seeing? What am I believing? What am I hearing? Because the Bible says, who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Spirit is saying something. What are you going to do about it? That's not just about me coming and giving you a prophetic word. I can give you a prophetic word. Dave can give you a prophetic word. A prophet can, yeah, giving you a prophetic word. That isn't just it. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, what what did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. What am I doing with what he speaks to me today, in this moment, right now? And you're going to hear why I'm saying that with the story, because God is speaking right now, and those who listen are going to experience something in their life that others are not there are those when god speaks they have a hardened heart and they say i do not like what i hear i will not receive this and what do they experience in their life they experience destruction they experience heartache They experience. will god bring them back is god still in their life yes but why do you want to go walk all that way, go through all that junk in your life, when you can take what God is saying right now? God's speaking. If I was saying this morning, uh, he, when he introduced me, years ago when I was a, a youth worker, I wasn't even a youth pastor, I was just a youth worker in my dad's church. I uh, had a bit of a business and got involved in my grandfather's business. And it was financially one of the toughest times in our life. And what was I doing? I was selling tires in Witbank. Literally tires next to the side of the road. Regrooved tires. Illegal tires. Just We regrooved them and we sold them. <laughs> and finally used to come around. You know what? God gave us a word in our life, his life, my life individually, about what we will do one day. At that moment, we're selling tires next to the road. Where we are today, vastly different from where we were at that moment. But the same God who was speaking to me at that moment and me listening and trusting him is the same God who's speaking to me right now and I'm hearing him and trusting him. It's not, there's no more trust. It's the same. I got to trust. I don't get fit in trust. Trust is trust. There's sometimes in your life where you feel like, wow, I've got, no, let me be honest with you, it's tough to trust. It's tough to trust when you have got nothing. That's why it says I walk by faith and not by sight. By sight, it's easy because you've just given me the evidence to see that it's there. But if there's nothing there, I've got to trust. So the same God who was in my life at that stage and me saying, God, I'll trust you. I don't know what this is. Right now, I'm selling tires next to the side of the road. But you called me to be in ministry. I'll trust you for that. There's the same God who says, I'm taking you to nations, and I'll take care of you, and I'll be with you. Same God right now. Hey, ladies. Welcome. So let's read this. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 8. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and, and dwell there. So What's he going to go do there? He's got to go and dwell there. So what happened just before this is the brook dried up. The flybys didn't come anymore. Not the, not the drivebys or the drive throughs the flybys. The cry flap, flap, flap. And the crows come in and they drop. What are they dropping? They're dropping pieces of bread, pieces of meat. So they're feeding him. He's got flybys every day.. Like hamburgers, patties fall from the skies, just dropping the pina coladas, sparking at the beach. No, at the river, semi-beach, like in the, up, up in Gauteng. Okay, so, you know, swimming there. He's chilling there. He's just lying there, probably butt naked because he's a man. You know, it's no other way. Like he thought he was the only prop still alive, right? All these, also he's lying there, he's chilling out. God's taking care of him. It's fantastic saliva. And he dries the brook and the fly bars ain't coming, and everything dries up. Who's been in that moment in your life where everything dries up? No, man, we god's quiet things have changed situation comes didn't expect it to happen now it's happening this happens what does he hold to a word what does the word say god is here and dwell there so god's preparing something for him okay what happens to him he says yeah I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Now, I'm thinking, if I just got that from God and God says, go, there is a widow waiting for you in a town. I'm thinking, wow, this widow, probably her husband was a multi-millionaire. He died and left her with, no, he's a billionaire because he left her with so much. So I'm going to pitch up there. She's going to take care of me. <laughs> That's not what happened here. Listen. So he arose and went what did he do when god spoke to him he went he didn't ask questions he just went okay i went to zarephath and when he came there he found a woman driving a ferrari and she hanged out the window and said hey hey i've been waiting for you all this time your ferrari's in my mansion come up ducati is also there lamborghini no what did he get what did what happened when he got there And he found the widow. God said, there's a widow that's there. Okay, let me read it again. And when he came into the gate of the city, here there was a widow gathering sticks. And he walked right past her and looked for another widow because this one did not fit the picture. Is that there? No. No. He gets there, and what's this widow doing? (laughs) She's picking up sticks. Um. Was gathering sticks and he called her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I might drink. So he shows up and sees a widow picking up sticks. God says, I'm going to send you to a widow. That widow will take care of you. He shows up at the widow. She doesn't look the way God said. He declares, Bring me water. She's with sticks sees a prophet, the prophet says, go get me water. You know what, if she was so focused on the sticks and not listening to God, she would say, get your own. I'm picking up sticks here, hey? Yeah, because that's the next part of where she's going. Now listen, just get into my world, okay? I've got a very vivid in imagination, okay? I'm thinking on the story right now, thinking on what just happened there. You know, this, this lady, if I'm the pastor, and I'm coming there, and this widow is picking up sticks, I'm gonna go, ma'am, Whoa, sit down. Can I get you a cup of water? Don't pick up sticks. I want to get some other people to pick up sticks for you. That's not what the prophet did. Because we find out God's not Mother Teresa. He's God. He has moments where he acts like Mother Teresa, but he isn't Mother Teresa all the time. He doesn't come down, God doesn't do that all the time. It doesn't go all the time and all the time say to you, it's okay, don't worry, you've made a mistake again. It's okay. Yes, it's okay when you make a mistake. But sometimes he goes like, hey, boykey, there's more. Do something. This woman is at this moment picking up sticks. But God has a word for her. Who brings her the word? The prophet. The prophet brings the word. The word is sown like seed. She, what does she do? Her response is, I'll go get you a cup. Yo, yo. Think about Mary. Angel appears to her. You're going to give birth to a child. She says, "Yes." She doesn't go, "Whoa, where is the PowerPoint presentation of this thing?" Because I need to go tell my mother, "Hey, hey, there's no man involved in this." Thank you. She has to go and she's like, no, she doesn't even think about that. She doesn't even think about the fact that she now does not know a man, but yet will be pregnant. We're talking here about walking by faith in the newness of where we're at. We're talking about maturity. We're talking about growing in God. There are some that sometimes a growth period in your life that isn't comfortable. But we find that when we get to God, we think Christianity is about comfortability. No, Christianity is about peace in the midst of a storm. Christianity is about growing to understand who your father is, that when you're in the storm, you'd have peace with God. Build your house on the rock, the so when the rain comes, it can stand. Hear what he's talking about. Now listen what, what the rest of me, you some of you know the story, so you know where it's going. It says, Yeah. Um, and as she had, uh, she was going to get it, so the prophet says to her, Go get me a cup of water. She responds to it. The moment she starts leaving, he sees her heart. Now he's ready for word two. God asks you a small thing. Give me a cup of water. You say yes. What does he ask? Something else. God responds in a second thing. God wants to give you, ask you one thing more. He's going to challenge you a little more. He's going to take you a little deeper. He's about to do something phenomenal through you. What does he say to her? He says, Uh Is it eleven? It's eleven. Um And he said, going, um, and as she was going to get it, he called out and said to her, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. That's interesting. I like reading stuff for what it is. He doesn't say, Get me a piece of bread. He says, No, give me a piece of bread from your hand. You provide for me. He doesn't say to her, go and get me a piece of bread because then she would have gone and said she would walk past and say can you give the prophet a piece of bread and somebody else would bring that to him no he had a word from God that said she will provide so what does he do he looks at her and says hey you bring me a piece of bread from your hand he activated something in her life he brought something about he brought the word to her he brought what God was saying to her God says I will send you to a city there will be a widow he gets this she's got sticks he says I don't see the sticks I see God I don't see the circumstances, I see God. I don't see this, this, come on, do you hear this? This is two parts of the story. One is the prophet's response and the other one is the widow's response. Both of them are hearing a word and believing it. So many times we're stuck in a place and all we do is respond to what we're seeing instead of what God is saying. We respond to what we have, we respond to the sticks, we respond to the widow, we respond to the lack of. And the next part of the story is profound, because what has she revealed to him in this moment? She says, "And she said, "As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread only a handful of flour, uh, only a handful of flour and a little oil in a jar." What she's saying. She's revealing to him where she's at. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks and that I may go in and and prepare it for myself and my son, and that we may eat and die. This is not a feel-good moment. He just said to her, excuse me, when you go to get your cup of water for me, make me something to eat. She just looked at him and said, excuse me, I have so little. I'm going to eat this, and I'm going to die. She's at the end of herself. How many times in our life do we look at something and we see that at the end? Both of them, she's at the end, have nothing left. She expresses it. The prophet is standing on this side and looking at her, the one that's going to provide for him, and says, there's nothing there. This lady has got sticks. She's got a little bit of in her hand and a little bit of oil. There's nothing left of this thing. But what does he do? He doesn't respond in that way, and she doesn't receive in that way. What does he say to her? And Elijah said to her, sit down. I will buy everything for you. Is that there? Don't worry. I'll take out a loan. Let's call a friend. Let's start a WhatsApp prayer group. (laughs) And know, ouch, amen. No, he says, do not fear. The next part. Go and go, um, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake first. <laughs> she just said she had enough just for him and her son, for her and her son. There's not enough for him. He says to her, Don't fear. Next part, growth. Make me first. Give God first. Listen to what God is saying. Make me first. Do growth, period. Yeah. Grow. Grow, grow, grow. Don't look at this. Go make. And then he gives to her the result of what that would be like. And he says to her the following. Because God is not just asking her to give him everything. He's literally telling her what will be. Um, Make me first. And afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. So he's already declaring there will be enough. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, Nor the jar of oil run dry, Until the day the Lord sends rain to the earth. In that moment, remember, God didn't say that to him. That's him believing on what God said and declaring it to her, saying, whatever you're making right now for me, I'm drawing this out of you. The world sees you as a widow. I see you as provision. The world sees you a certain way. God sees you more, and God draws you out of it. The only way it's going to happen is for you to put action to it. James said, Fa- faith without deeds is dead. There's something about that that we've got to respond to. And this isn't about just because this scripture you can use for money. This scripture you use for different things. But I'm talking here more than that. I'm talking about something about where you're at that's different. When that, that lecturer said to us, guys, get out of your comfort zone. It was not lacquer. Like I like my comfort zone. It's nice. I've created that comfort zone to protect me, to make me not look stupid. I walk a certain way, I dress a certain way, I be because it's comfortable. It doesn't make me look stupid. But then God says, Be stupid. And I'm like, No, 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 no. Not for me, Lord. Pass me by. Holy Spirit, pass me by. Don't stop at this address. Not today, Jesus. Thank you. I want to be dignified. I want to be. No, please go on. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I like things in place. I don't like things out of place. It's a, it's a problem for me. I've had to learn how to deal with sometimes when it is. Like when I go camping, maybe you're not like this. I have friends, when they go camping, when they go home, they left half their stuff there. They like the, the jacket's gone, the friend's got the thing that this thing's gone.' They're like. By the time the camp's done, or they go backpacking, everything's everywhere. I'm not like that. You, it always looks like I'm ready to go. Because you never know what's going to happen, and I ain't leaving something behind. So in the morning, it always looks like I just got there or I'm just about to leave. My bag's rolled up. My stuff's back. I can just back up and go. Now, I don't want to mess around. So by well, the time, everything, and I don't want to, like, no, I want everything close by me. I like things. But then God comes and says, like, I don't want that for you. I want to shake that up a little bit. I want to do something in you. I want to get you a little out of yourself. No, 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 Lord, pass me by. Not today, Lord not today. It's not the devil. It's God. It's God pushing you. It's God challenging you. It's God saying there's more to you. God says, come on, pray for that person. And I want to just say this. I was in conferences and and, and Afrikaans said in seminara. I hope everybody can understand Afrikaans. Seminar. I'll have to re-explain this to you sometime. A a seminar. But the word nar is, is a Nauseous, like that. so you can't do that joke in (laughs) Afrikaans. Well, in English, I mean, of of, and sermons where it is pray for that person. If you don't pray, you're disappointing God. I'm going to tell you today, no, you'll never disappoint God. You're his child, he always loves you, but he has more for you, so he challenges you to grow. Where his Holy Spirit will come to you and say, Pray for that person, and you're like, "Mm, I don't know. Somebody was telling us about how he, I can't remember, I told the story this morning, and I didn't know who it was, maybe it was Peter, about the Nike shoes, when he was driving somewhere, I don't know, someone, he got blessed a pair of Nike shoes, brand new, so he's driving on the way to another town, and when he passes, this elderly gentleman who doesn't have a pair of shoes, it's raining, it's cold, and he drives by, he sees this guy with no shoes, and God's Spirit says, give your Nike's. He said, Satan, shut up. And he just drove. <laughs> faster, faster, faster. No, it can't be God. It can't be God. No, God will not ask me for my new Nikes. No, Jesus, no. He just sort the Bobby. Yeah. He gets to Paul, I think it was Paul. He gets in Paul's speeds. He walks to every place. It was Dave. Dave told the story. Dave from Pratce. He goes to Paul, he walks around all the shops. He says, Lord, if that man is still there, when I drive past, I'll give him the Nikes. But he takes the whole day in Paul. He goes everywhere. And then he drives home, and then he's like, see, Lord, it's not there. And when he got home, God said, you missed the moment that I wanted to use you and do something in you. You missed it because you held to a pair of Nikes when I can give you a million Nikes, but you won't have a million opportunities to grow." So the thing is that God will challenge you on certain stuff where you hold to something. And you like, Lord, I hold to this moment. I I hold to this thing. I hold to what I'm comfortable in. Like I I don't want to get out of what that comfortability is, whether that's worship or that's giving or that's serving or that's praying for someone. Because the Spirit will speak to you and say, pray for that person. Oh, Lord, I don't know. Apparently, Todd White has this clip. Finally, I told it this morning, and I thought it was such a powerful clip. Uh, he's in a restaurant, and he speaks to the the waiter, and, and he says, man, God loves you. And she starts laughing at him, like, stop telling me about Jesus, man. Stop, you're you stupid. And he just keeps on telling her. And she, like, eventually gets irritated with him, and she calls her manager. Manager gets there, and Todd says, man, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. And the manager says, please stop with this nonsense. Sir. Stop talking about Jesus in our restaurant. You have no right to talk about it. And he says to the guy, he says, no, man, I just, I just want to say Jesus loves you. And they're very aggressive and, uh, towards him because he's trying to tell him about Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit says, tell the guy he got hurt spiritually and he got hurt physically. And that's made him angry with God. And so he says to him, you got hurt spiritually and hurt physically. And the guy's still kind of, and then he saw him with a, like a knee brace on. And he said, listen, you got hurt on your knee. And that kind of affected you because you thought, why would God allow this to my knee to get hurt? And then you lost your scholarship. And the guy goes dead quiet. And he says, but God wants to heal your knee. And he says, God can't heal my knee. I was a youth pastor. And I walked away from church. God can't heal my knee. I'm so angry with God. He says, no, God wants to heal you right now. He goes into the storeroom, prays for him. God heals the guy's knee right there in the store. He walks out. The girl sees this, but she's still upset. This guy's crying. There's, there's chaos in the restaurant almost. And Todd goes and he decides he's going to, she brings the bill to them. Oh, she brings their, their food out. When the food gets there, the food's cold. So she's just being really nasty. He says to his wife, we're going we're gonna to tip her. The full, um, not, we're going to give her double the amount. So the bill was $120. They gave her 120 tip. Write it out, gave her, she came back to the table. She says, I don't deserve this. Please do not give this to me. And said, exactly, we don't deserve his love. He loves you. Yes, in the natural, you don't deserve the tip. Our food was cold, you treated us badly. But that doesn't disqualify you from receiving something when God's trying to tell you he loves you. God loves you. She burst out crying, sat at the table, gave her life to Jesus. world turned upside down. How did that get there? That doesn't start at that place. It doesn't start in a good place. It starts with somewhere when God says to you, just tell somebody God loves him. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of that place where you're in a comfortable place and trust Him for more. Then these things will start to happen in your life because God can trust you with a pair of knives giving it away or a guitar or a life or a shirt or a pair of shoes, whatever that may be. It's not just about the giving, but also about the speaking and the praying and, and the lying, just like this widow. What happened in this widow's life? The world got turned upside down. The jar never ran empty until the rain came. You want to see things in your life go to the next level? Let God stretch you. Let God grow you. Let God bring something out of you that wasn't there before because what He sees in you as the widow. So tonight I'm declaring widows, it's time for you to stand up. Widows, it's time to put the sticks away, go make a bread for God before you make something for yourself. Because a lot of time, all we do is we want this to be okay. As long as this world is okay, God is good. But that's not how God works. God says, give me everything and I'll provide for the rest. Allow me to be the one that, for, that forms your life. Allow me the one to stretch you and mold you and form you. And that doesn't start or That doesn't start at the end of your life or whether it is. That's a constant growing and a constant thing with God speaking to you. I'll, I'll end with two stories. One quick quick one, one longer one, and then we finished. My well, mom's got this n- cousin of hers who's, I like, think, like 85 years old. So my mom was rough when she was growing up. She started smoking at nine. Yeah, my mom was a, was a roughy. This cousin of hers, also like around 16, started smoking, and everybody's like, up, like, yeah, 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 why is your child smoking? She says, hey, 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 my dad and me got an understanding. He's okay with me smoking, so shut up. She's very, very, like, um, yeah, very verbal, very outspoken, very much like Now she's 85. She's still working, driving her car. So her children say, you've got to stop doing this. Uh, We don't want you to drive anymore. She says, listen, listen. If the cops tell me to stop, I'll stop. She says, get a policeman to drive with me, a, a traffic officer. And if he says I can't drive, then I'll stop. Traffic officer comes, gets in the car, drives with her, stops, says to the kids, I'm sorry, there's nothing fault with her, she can drive. So now everybody's got to leave her alone. Listen, she's 85 years old, still driving her car, still doing business. That didn't start at 85, that started at 16 already. A mindset of, hey, I can do anything. Hey, there's some growth. Hey, God's not, not with her, God's not done, but in the context of where that's growing. So many times we don't grow when we're young and we want to be comfortable. We want to be, everything must be comfortable. So we get to a certain age and it must be comfortable now. It must be, are you hearing where I'm going with this? God wants to stretch you to do more through you. At the age of 85, this woman's still doing things. And the people at the age of 70, they've already given up on life. I'm listening to the story going, like, what can God do through me by the time I'm 85 or 90? Here's Prince, uh, Prince Philip who died at 99. Hey, man, just one year short of 100. I'd like to be 100. Have you ever thought about that? I want to be 100 like this, man. I want to be 100 jumping out of a plane, man. Uh, there's something about looking ahead and say, God, mold me, form me, change me, stretch me. At 60, stretch me. At 70, stretch me. God, what do you want to do through me right now? I'm 43 years old. What do you want to do through me now in this moment? I'm not going to consider my age. I'm not going to consider the things that are around. Stretch me. Mold me. Form me. What do you want to do? You see me as the widow? What right now am I holding on to in sticks? Tell me to drop it, Lord. I want to grow. I want to allow you to take my oil and make it more. I can't think limited. I've got to think on what God wants to do. What does God want to do through me? What does God want to do in me? And am I open to that? Am I ready for that? When I come to a Sunday or I come to my life, God, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What can God do? I sat there today listening to when i talk about me when i was a young boy or a young man in my 20s selling tires in Witbank, and i'm looking at my life right now the invitations i get the things that i'm connected to like wow god you're amazing you're incredible incredible what you've done but i cannot at this moment go into a mode of lord this is it i've arrived no Lord, stretch me. What faith move? What can we stretch for right now? What can we push for this right now that's still more, is still bigger in my life? 20, I believe God can do stuff. At 40, I'm still believing God can do stuff. I had a role model who believed that. At the age of 50, they came and planted churches in Cape Town. Said, God, you'll do stuff in our life. Here we are. 16 years later, and God's still doing incredible things. But he's still stretching them. And they're still saying yes. They're still saying yes. I see other men that are the same age of him. They're inspired by that. They come around him and go like, wow, if you can do it, Dave, we can do it. Come on, there are some of your friends in your life. They're going to look at you and go like, if you can do it, I can do it if you're moving in that and you're doing this and you're releasing I want to be around that I want to be around a David that slays giants and I want to just say this it starts with small things it doesn't mean that you might be standing on a You like what do you mean sure I must preach on a stage or I must go to other nations no 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 I want you to find what God wants to do in you in your crowd of friends, at your workplace, in your family, that's where it starts. It doesn't say like, oh Lord, now I've got to go preach for everybody. No. That person in the shop that you're standing in front, in that moment, the Holy Spirit says, just tell them they're going to be okay. And you do that, that person's world has changed. That's the moment that God moves. That's where he stretches. I'm not talking about you flying into the mission field and preaching to thousands of people. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about listening to him in the smallness of where you're at for your neighbors, for your friends, for the people. Where you're at, your place of work. Maybe God wants to shift something in your work. Maybe God wants to do a small thing where you, where you change the way you do things. Just the change is going to shift things in your life. I can feel the Holy Spirit right now in this place. I can feel God speaking to you and stirring in your spirit now, just like that widow. I want you just to close your eyes for a moment. You know where it's at. You know where it's going on in your own life. You know where God's challenged you on. You know God speaks to you and says there's more to you. And your self-talk every day has been, yeah, I'm not that good. I'm, I'm not that special. I'm not that amazing. I'm not. This widow responded to when God spoke. The prophet responded when God said, and he declared what God wanted to do in his life and in that woman's life. Some of you need to go back into your home when you're walking through the door and say, this house will be greater than what it was before. My family is going to see God's glory. My parents, my life, my children, they're going to see God's glory. I'm speaking to them like the widow. My place of work is going to take an increase. Things are going to change. I see myself in a new position. I see that business I've been praying for. I see that financial breakthrough in my life. I see what God says. But Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my all. Just like that widow. What did she do? She made a cake. For the prophet first. She said yes to God first. Jesus. Jesus. Let his Holy Spirit speak to you right now. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Ještěm Father, I pray tonight for every person in this place. Pray for their life, their circumstances, the things. That, Holy Spirit, will you just reveal more of this message in their heart right now. Tonight when they go home. Tomorrow morning when they wake up. I Thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Mold us, form us, Holy Spirit. All more of you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name. No. So, anybody here who has pain right now, any part of your body, if you've got pain, any, any pain, what's your pain, buddy? Your back, if I can't. Dad, come, we're going to pray for them quickly. There was this morning a, a young guy in Malmesbury who had uh, um, tend- tendonitis in his breast and he's been really struggling, extreme pain, prayed for him, God healed him immediately, it was amazing this morning, took the, uh, the strap off his arm, his hand, closed his hand, got the, like his eyes went this big, like wow, wow, it's gone. It doesn't even, these eyes, just like, I love that. I love how God can heal in a moment, in an instant. Dad, I want you to come, please. And we, Adele, you swim me by but now. So will not you stretch out your hands? We believe God can heal, right? Amen. Amen. Was he pain up your guns? You so. Okay, Father, we thank you right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Healed. Healed right now. Jesus name. (laughs) Follow me now. What's your pain? Vah. Thanks, sir. Come on, let's give God praise for that. Amen. 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 What's awesome, up, man? What's your pain? Pain of the knee, okay? Father, thank you right now in the name of Jesus. This pain will go now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, right now, All this pain go? What's What's your pain? Pain is gone. Come on, man. Come on, man. We can praise God for that. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Here's the thing why praising God for stuff like that is amazing. Because if you had the pain, you would be really happy if the pain has gone. Amen. Unless you the pain. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't be a pain. Fule. <laughs> you're Come on, man. Praise for that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So here's something I want to encourage you. Sunday nights is made for this. I want to encourage you. Get a friend. Come with an expectation come on, let's fill this place on a Sunday night and worship God and see God's glory fill this place. Let's get someone like, man, come on, come with me to church, man. God's going to do incredible stuff. It's going to change your world. It's going to change your life and get you on a Sunday night. Get your friends, get people here. Let's pack this place out. Not because I want this place filled with people. No, because I want to see God change lives. Because I want to see people's lives, your friends' life, your, your buddies, people you know. Like, get there. Not just people, somebody that doesn't even know about church. Let me invite them. Come with me. Come on. God's going to do incredible things. You, do you remember the preparation? We spoke about going to the gym, going for a run, going for a cycle, getting there. Like, I'm getting ready. This Sunday night's going to be awesome. God's going to do for, for awesome stuff, amazing stuff. That's what we do here before you get here. We pray and we, we, we stir the atmosphere. We build it. We're preparing for God to show up. So imagine all of us doing that. What can God do? Wow. What can God do? Phenomenal things. We go out onto the mission field, out into different areas, and we go into missions. Everybody there is waiting for a miracle. What do we see? Miracles. Why? Because everybody's waiting for it. But you go back to your hometown, you stop waiting for it. Yep. You go out into the mission field, out in the bush where you're dirty. So maybe you should just be dirty all week and then come here. <laughs> Don't bath and, and, <laughs> and just come out and maybe God will show <laughs> miracles. Because that's what we do when you're on a mission. You take wet wipes and, and you can wash your face, but you have to use wet wipes for a week. And you're out there in the bush and you're just waiting for God to do miracles. And I, 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 saw, I saw amazing miracles happen. One of the most beautiful moments was a little girl who could not speak. She literally could not form words. We prayed for her, laid hands on her on the Sunday after a week out there. God healed her in a moment, started speaking. World changed. People started screaming, going ballistic because their child spoke for the first time. Isn't that incredible? Not because of us, because that's what God wants to do. That was God wants to do. But we've got to stir a little bit. We've got to stretch a little bit. We've got to push a little bit. Watch what God's going to do in the next couple of weeks. Watch what God's going to do in your life. Take this message. Allow God to speak in it. Allow God to speak to you. Where does He challenge you? Where does He speak? Start small. You don't start big. You start small. If somebody says, start with giving. You don't start giving by your car away, but you start somewhere by giving something. Sometimes it's that pair of Nike's. It's oh, that's a rough one. That. But when you give it to God, He'll never be without because He's the rewarder to each one of us. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for the Word tonight. I thank You for those who got healed. I thank You for this atmosphere. I thank You that You love us. I thank You're about to do an incredible thing in this church, in our city, and in our lives. We thank You for that, Lord, tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, amen, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God a praise tonight. Bless you guys. Have a great week. See you guys next Sunday. Join us on Facebook on the different various stuff. Pray for us as we pray for you as well. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Ciao.